bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Is corporate America going to the service dogs? Imagine yourself as a disabled person in need of a service dog and a room for the night at a Hilton Promise Hotel. How would you feel if they closed the doors and said, no room at the inn for you and your dog? That's what happened to Aaron Stites, Charles Williams, Jill Exposito, Elizabeth Henderson, and many others, according to their lawsuits. You will hear it here first when my guests, including attorney Kevin Geary, break their silence to tell the inside story. In Los Angeles, the key case is uh, set to begin trial soon, and we are going to bring you today a little preview of... uh, the hell that's about to break loose. <laughs> um, I want before I uh, introduce my guest to you, I want to uh, say for the record that uh, I invited Hilton to be a guest on the show. I invited them to send a representative to be a guest. I contacted the vice president of corporate communications, her office. That's Kathy Shepard. And uh, she never returned my call. I was um, only able to speak with her assistant, Victoria, who never got back to me. No one from Hilton ever got back to me to respond to this invitation to present their side of the story. So why don't we start with the key case, the uh, plaintiff in the key case, Aaron Stites. Aaron, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dr. Carroll. Um, first of all, I'd like you to define for my audience what is a service dog. I think when people hear the word service dog, they're not quite sure whether this is a seeing eye dog or what exactly do you mean. There are different types of service dogs. Um, service dogs can be referred to as a general category uh, where you could say a, a seeing eye dog is a type of service dog. Um, uh, individual with a hearing impairment, like Jill Exposito, uh, who I believe will be on the show today. Her service dog, uh, Uriah, helps her to hear sounds um, that she can otherwise not hear. But uh, service dogs are used for many different purposes, and it's always to help a a disabled person deal with their disability. Um, I have uh, a, a neurologic condition that affects my hands and my feet as well as my balance, and I use a, a Great Dane uh, as a service dog, and the reason is the, the height of the animal. Uh, he's so tall that I can put my hand down and rest it on his back whenever I'm <clears throat> moving around or having any problems with balance. And so there are many different types of service dogs. Okay. And why don't you tell us your story, what happened to you as you tried to 
uh, stay at a hotel. And and perhaps also, if you could just explain the connection between Hilton and Promis and the various subsidiary hotels. The story starts in 1998, um, June of 1998. I was uh, attending university in upstate New York, and I uh, began using a service dog um, during my summer courses. I was living in the dormitory. And whenever I finished the uh, summer semester, I decided to make a trip across the country to drive back to Los Angeles for the summer. <clears throat> and I had uh, a reservation at a Hampton Inn in Denver, Colorado. Um, Hampton Inn was owned by a company called Promus Hotel Corporation. Uh, Promus was a multi-billion dollar um, publicly traded uh, stock company. And Promus owned the Hampton Inn brand, the uh, Homewood brand, uh, Doubletree brand, which includes Doubletree Guest Suites and Club Hotel by Doubletree and many other names. Um, in 1999, uh, Promus was acquired, was bought by Hilton Hotels Corporation. And since 1999, Promus has been um, a subsidiary of Hilton. So all of the hotels that you're going to be talking about are basically um, underneath or under the name of Hilton. Yes, they're, they're all Hilton brand hotels. Yes. And okay. what occurred in, in my original um, trip across the country, I stopped at two different Hampton Inns. The first one was in Columbus, Ohio, and I was told, no service dogs, no way, can't be in here. And whenever I made it to Denver, Colorado, I <clears throat> arrived at the hotel. I had a reservation at this Hampton Inn. I did not have a reservation at the first Hampton Inn that I stopped at in Columbus. But at the second Hampton Inn in Denver, Colorado, I had a reservation and they, they confirmed at the front desk that I had a reservation, but no pets were permitted. And I explained, this uh, is my service dog. It's not a pet. Um, he is licensed as a service dog in California. Uh, I have a disability. Um, please give me a, a room for a night. I'm very tired. I've been uh, driving for many hours. And they refused to give me a room. And it was a really tough experience because there were a few other people that showed up and were checking in, and I was you know, asked to wait over in the, the corner, basically. And I, I did that for right at half an hour. I was there a, a long time. And the final decision, after talking with the assistant manager and then going up to the actual property manager, was, you can't be in here. We don't allow service dogs. And whenever I returned uh, home uh, to California, um, I decided to write to Promise. And I um, looked up a gentleman by the name of Philip Cordell. And Philip Cordell runs the Hampton Inn brand. He's basically the, the president of the Hampton Inn hotel chain, which has, you know, 12 or 1,300 hotels. I mean, there's a Hampton Inn in almost every uh, small city or large city in the country. 
And I wrote to Mr. Cordell informing him of what had occurred and my concerns that there was uh, um, <clears throat> perhaps not a policy addressing service dogs and that many people were being turned out from their hotel. And Mr. Cordell responded to my letter, surprisingly, and said that he was concerned, I, I think, to some extent about what happened, but he viewed the uh, discrimination against me as isolated incidents and <clears throat> offered me uh, a certificate to come back and give uh, their hotels a try. Um, and I, I considered Mr. Cordell's letter to be um, very honest, that he was sincere. This was These problems were isolated. This is not a, a practice going on at all of these hundreds of hotels across the country. And I called up in August of 1998 to get a reservation at uh, the Hampton Inn SeaWorld in San Diego because I wanted to take my grandparents down there. And I had the uh, free certificate um, to take care of the room for the evening. And <clears throat> whenever I phoned the 1-800-Hampton-In reservation line, I was told dogs are not permitted and service dogs are no exception. We cannot take your reservation. And after speaking with this um, guest representative for a while, I got the phone number of the actual hotel, the San Diego Hampton and SeaWorld. And I, I phoned the hotel to ask them for a reservation for the evening, that I was coming down with my grandparents, that uh, I'm disabled as are my grandparents, that uh, I will have uh, a service dog with me. And I was informed, absolutely not. You cannot stay here with any pets. And I, I explained to the, uh, the, the gentleman on the phone that it's not a pet. This is a service dog. I have a disability. But it did no good. And af after that, I was, I was very alarmed. Um, I hadn't actually gone to the hotel and, and had a, a terrible incident, but it had occurred over the telephone. And I wrote to uh, Mr. Cordell to inform him of what had just happened, that I tried to use the free certificate that you gave me, and I can't even get a reservation at one of your hotels. And Mr. Cordell again uh, responded. Um, the response appeared to be a form letter. And and Mr. Cordell stated uh, that there were policies and procedures in place, and once again, these are isolated incidents. I had my doubts at that time. Then I, I returned to uh, college in New York, and the next time I was in California was for the Christmas New Year vacation, um, 1998. And I was going to uh, uh, a get-together for the uh, college that I was attending in the Hollywood area, and I still had uh, the free certificate. And I went to a Doubletree Hotel um, right in Westwood. Uh, it was on Wilshire Boulevard, a very large, nice hotel, and they wouldn't let me in. Absolutely not. No service dogs. I said, oh, okay, I'll move on and, and let me try another one. 
and I knew that there was, there was another Double Tree Hotel in Santa Monica, which was a few miles away on uh, 4th Street. And I went to that hotel, and whenever I entered that hotel, I noticed there were a lot of people in the lobby. At the first hotel, there were, there were a few people, but it wasn't crowded. Whenever I arrived at the, the Double Tree in Santa Monica, there were tons of people in the, the lobby, and I uh, figured out quickly that it was a football team. And apparently they were in town for the, for the Rose Bowl. And I was heading towards the front desk after going into the hotel, and uh, a, a man approached me and said, you can't be in here with the dog. Um, I explained that it was a, a service dog and that I was seeking to get a room for the night. The response was, sorry, can't be in here from the dog. I'm the manager of the hotel. Um, his name was Johnny Tam. And I went on to explain to Mr. Tam that I have a disability um, that the dog was, was helping me, and it made no difference. Um, Mr. Tam became very confrontational towards me, and it finally escalated to the point where it was communicated to me by him that get out of the hotel or I'm going to remove you out of the hotel. He, he got very close to me and was raising his voice, and you know, I, I felt at the time that it was almost entertainment for the football players that was there, that uh, Mr. Tam was going to show that he's in, in charge of the hotel and, and I, I couldn't be in there. And that was you know, very upsetting. Yes, I'm sure, to say the least. We need to take a break now. When we come back, you'll tell us uh, some more about this story and, and how it ends and how it made you feel. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. My guest today, uh, so far we've been listening to Aaron Stites and his experience with Hilton Hotels and service dogs. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. The Internet's premier talk radio station, voiceamerica.com. Join Patricia Raskin, host of Positive Living on voiceamerica.com, Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Positive Living Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time right here on voiceamerica.com. What does it take to get your business online? How do you leverage the Internet to attract more clients, expand your network, and make more money? What are the tools you need to master? It's not enough to know the tools. You need to build a solid foundation and actually implement systems that automate your business as much as possible. On Blogging and Beyond with Denise Wakeman and Patsy Krakoff, the Blog Squad, learn about new tools that are easy and essential to use in order to grow your business online. Get strategies, tactics, and tips that 
that work if you implement them. Denise and Patsy interview internet marketing experts, plus coach a client in real time through the steps designed to market a real product or service. Blogging and Beyond with Denise Wakeman and Patsy Krakoff broadcasts each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Blogging and Beyond, leverage the internet to attract, sell, and profit online. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're asking the question, is corporate America going to the service dogs, in particular Hilton Hotels? We were speaking with Aaron Stites, talking about his um, humiliating experiences um, at trying to get a room at Hilton Hotels across America. So, Aaron, why don't you continue? When we left off, I was just finishing with the, the Doubletree incident, and I, I wrote to Phil... Uh, Philip Cordell after that explaining what had happened um, and I was convinced that this was happening at all of their hotels throughout America to many disabled uh, people with, with service animals and uh, Mr. Cordell at, at that point decided to ignore my communications and he now claims that uh, he didn't receive many of them even though I sent them by certified mail but it, it's been it's been tough. I uh, filed a lawsuit against them. I got an attorney and, and filed a lawsuit in June of 1999. And for years, um, I've been trying to change things at their hotel. And it, it, it's been really tough. They've been super nasty in dealing with me. Um, they've called me a liar. And I would strongly encourage the listeners that if they ever experience anything um, like this discrimination to, to document it because if you if you have to file a lawsuit and you get into the process these big companies claim that you're making it up that you're you know a, a shakedown artist and I've never asked them for money I've asked them to change their policy that's what I asked Philip Cordell to do years ago and he refused to do it and it was uh, alarming to me because finally Hilton decided that they would offer me money and that they conditioned the money on me agreeing to be forever barred from their hotel. So I could never go to any Hilton hotel, Hampton Inn, Homewood Suites, all of these hotels. And they didn't want to do anything on, on, on the injunction. And it was alarming. The injunction to do what? Well, I'm, I'm asking the court for what's called an, an injunction where the, the, the court tells Hilton to stop discriminating against disabled people with assistance animals and let, let them in the hotels. Service dogs are permitted in every state in, in the country. And the top executives at Hilton Promise, like Philip Cordell and the actual co-chairman, CEO of Hilton, um, a man named Stephen Bolenbach, they know 
that the discrimination has been going on for years. Many people have written letters to the CEO, Stephen Bolenbach, informing him of the discrimination at these hotels, and they're refusing to do anything. It continues to happen. In uh, One year ago, I took the deposition of uh, Mr. Bolenbach, and at that time, I was interested in knowing what he was going to do to stop the discrimination. It's obvious that it's going on. A lot of people are complaining. It's not, you know, just a couple of dozen. There's hundreds of people that this has happened to. And Mr. Bolenbach thought that the policies that are in place are adequate to handle it. What's incredibly troubling to me about that is after that deposition a year ago, many more complaints came in from disabled people. There was a, a professor from a university in Northern California that made a reservation at, I think it was a Hampton Inn or Homewood Suites um, in the Midwest. She was going back to visit her parents, and whenever she arrived at the hotel, this was this past summer, I believe in July 2006, whenever this professor arrived at the hotel, she was told, no service dogs are allowed, you can't stay here. The closest hotel that uh, the professor could find was 10 miles away and required a short drive on the freeway. And her parents can't drive on the freeway. So from, from what I know, she's stuck in uh, the Midwest, it was, I think, St. Louis, to see her parents, but her parents can't get to the hotel to spend time with her. And what, what bothers me so much about this is this happened months, many months, after I um, went in and, and got the, the deposition of the big chief, uh, CEO Stephen Bolenbach. And the, the idea that he wouldn't do something to inform hotels that service dogs are permitted is, uh, mind-boggling. Okay. Before we um, turn to Attorney Kevin Geary, um, just could you tell us uh, what the four, you have a four-point plan that you've been asking Hilton to do to prevent discrimination against people with service dogs. Could you outline that for us? Back in 1998 and early 99, before I filed the lawsuit, I thought carefully about what could be done to end the discrimination. Um, and I proposed a, a four-point uh, uh, program to Philip Cordell. And the, the, the first point was retraining. There needs to be retraining across the board. And whenever a disabled person goes into a hotel with a service dog, they shouldn't be asked um, questions about their disability. I was asked, for example, what's wrong with you? Incredibly offensive. There's nothing wrong with me. I have a, a disability. But, so the first point was the retraining. Um, the second point, I thought it would be a good idea to install a sign at each hotel that said, service dogs are welcome. And that would guarantee that if the training doesn't work, if there's a, a front desk person that doesn't know about service dogs, that the disabled person could point to the sign and hopefully get in the, in the hotel. Um, the third point 
was advertising. I uh, recommended Mr. Cordell that the Hampton and all the, the brands advertise the fact that they do permit service dogs and to include uh, some disabled persons with service dogs in their uh, TV and newspaper ads because I've never seen an ad from Hilton mm -hmm. that had a disabled person in it. They mm -hmm. don't do it. And that's um, unfortunate because so many people have been turned away that they have decided not to go back. And if there's some advertisements to let them know, we're now, the Hilton's uh -huh. now letting service dogs in and disabled people with service dogs in, I think that would be a big benefit. And what's your fourth? Uh... The, the fourth point was to get someone overseeing the first three points, basically, to make sure that um, retraining occurs, that signs are posted, that there is advertising. And part of checking to make sure all this is happening, send out some testers to the hotels. So get some disabled people with service dogs or even actors and send them into hotels um, randomly in different spots around the country and make sure that they are treated properly. There have been a lot of incidents, for example, in Florida, and I think Certainly, there should be some testers in Florida going around to the hotel. Well, certainly, all of these points seem uh, not only uh, to be intuitively sound uh, and reasonable, but um, shocking that they are already not in place. Um, we're we're almost at a at a break again, but let me just introduce um, Attorney Kevin Geary and uh, get your um, just a few. Just we, we just have a couple of minutes before the break, but what what would you like to respond to what um, uh, Aaron has said so far? Thank you, Doctor. One of the problems that Mr. Stites was faced with, uh, along with all of the other people that were subject to the discrimination by the Hilton Hotels and the Hilton Company of Hotels, is the fact that each incident, if it was complained of, was treated as an isolated incident, a single occurrence, Something like this had never happened before at Hilton. And on account of that, a lot of the inquiries and the complaints were dismissed at that very level. And so one of the big tasks that Mr. Stites took on in his lawsuit was proving that not only was Hilton Hotels and Promus Hotels and all the associated Hilton name brands, not only were they aware of service dog discrimination complaints, but that they had apparently initiated some type of corporate policy of concealing those complaints so that no one else, including other service dog users, were aware of the complaints. And as part of that concealment process, complaint letters were actually destroyed. They were formally shredded by Hilton Hotels executives. And that is not an allegation that Mr. Stites is making as part of his complaint. That is something that he has already proven that the court has found that Mr. Stites was subject to that very same concealment and destruction of evidence, as were literally dozens and dozens of people using service dogs across the country. So one of the big wins for Mr. Stites, as well as all service dog users to date, is the fact that the Promos Hotel Corporation, which includes Hilton Hotels, Hampton Inns, etc., 
has been found liable by a superior court judge in California for an internal corporate policy of concealing and destroying evidence. And that concealment and destruction of evidence, again, is not only a point in Mr. Stites' lawsuit, but has also prevented literally dozens and dozens, over 100 people, from being aware of the existence within the Hilton Hotels of a policy to discriminate against service dog users. So, although it is an ongoing fight, a very big battle has already been won by Mr. Stites in proving that Hilton Hotels engages in discrimination against service dog users, that they have a corporate policy of destroying complaints generated by service dog users, and that destruction of complaints has been found by the court to amount to concealing evidence of that very same discrimination policy that Hilton claims never existed. Yes, it's pretty um, pretty shocking, uh, the concealment of evidence. But at least that's one step one. When we come back, uh, I'd like you to tell us about another client of yours, Charles Williams, and what happened to him. I will. So stay tuned. We're listening. You're all listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. It's a very uh, sad story of discrimination that we're talking about today and corporate America going to the service dogs. So you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. The Internet's premier talk radio station, voiceamerica.com. Ever wonder what are the favorite travel destinations of the Hollywood jet set? Where do celebrities like to go when they aren't walking the red carpet? Tune in to Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with president of Traveris, David Manning, and Lisa O'Hurley, golf aficionado and wife of actor John O'Hurley. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa talk with well-known actors, sports celebrities, and entertainment insiders to find out about their favorite travel destinations and what they recommend. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa also offer up feature vacations each week and last-minute deals for your next getaway. Find out what's new and exciting in the travel industry, as well as how to raise money for your nonprofit organizations while enjoying a wonderful vacation. Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with David Manning and Lisa O'Hurley broadcasts each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, your inside look into celebrities and travel. Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, politics, science, spirituality, and culture, who have reached the pinnacle of financial and professional attainment in their fields, only to discover a profound lack of fulfillment with what our culture defines as success. So won't you tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time to Jeffrey Gitterman and Beyond Success, redefining the meaning of prosperity, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. At least 90% of sports success requires mental strength. And the greater the competitive level, the more critical it becomes to build that mental muscle. Tune into Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time. Your host, Jim Meyer, sports psychology coach, consultant, and author, offers practical, powerful, and positive mental game, tools, tips, and techniques. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. 
Tune in and tune up your mental game with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. Bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking today about corporate America going to the service dogs, notably Hilton Hotels and the hotels under that brand. Um, we've been talking so far with my guest Aaron Stites, and we were uh, during when the break came. We were talking to Los Angeles attorney Kevin Geary. So, Mr. Geary, why don't you um, continue with um, what? What I'd like to you to talk about is another client that you represent as well, named Charles Williams, and what was his story in regard to service dogs? Certainly, Mr. Williams was visiting the Long Beach area in. February of 2005 when he attempted to obtain a room at the Hilton Long Beach Convention Center, which is a very large Hilton facility in Long Beach. Uh, as Mr. Stites has told you, um, service dog users are not welcome at Hilton Hotels, and Mr. Williams was turned around at the front desk. And what is his disability? Mr. Williams is a paraplegic, and... I, I want to mention a couple of points about that real quickly. Uh, just like Mr. Stites and just like Ms. Exposito and some of the other guests we'll, we'll talk with later today, he did not ask for or, or choose or, or pick his condition. Uh, it is something he found himself with. And his disability is something that he has to live with and manage as best he can. In terms of how best he can manage his disability, that is a decision and an assessment that Mr. Williams went through himself with the assistance of his, his doctors, his physicians, his rehabilitation therapists. But ultimately, a service dog assists Mr. Williams, who is, is wheelchair-bound. It assists him primarily in terms of mobility, forward mobility, but it also serves a very important secondary function, and that is as protection. Mr. Williams' dog protects him, and the fact is, he does not like being a potential target any more so than you or I would be. Now, after being turned away at the Long Beach Hilton, Mr. Williams wrote a complaint letter to Hilton, and he heard nothing back. And consistent with Mr. Stites' story, he wrote a second letter to follow up, and again, Hilton told him that they do not have a policy, a corporate-wide policy, regarding acceptance of service dogs. Unfortunately for Mr. Williams, he was turned away a second time at a Hilton Hotel. This time, November of 2006, he was on the way to see his son in the Central Coast area, Santa Maria. And unfortunately, Mr. Williams, on account of the, the traffic and on account of a physical ailment, was unable to make it the whole way. He pulled over and tried to obtain a room at a Hampton Inn in Camarillo. Once again, the front desk clerk, as well as the hotel manager, told Mr. Williams point-blank he is not allowed in the hotel with his dog. So Mr. Williams was forced to turn around and go home, canceling his trip, passing up the chance to visit his son on account of being subjected to discrimination 
for his use of his service dog. Now, before the break, we were talking about the Promis and the Hilton Hotel corporate policy of concealing and destroying evidence. The fact is, Mr. Williams' second letter snuck through the process, and that's how we were able to identify him and discover who he is and the nature of his complaint. But an examination of the court order wherein Hilton and Promis were found to have concealed and destroyed evidence indicates point blank that the Hilton policy was in many, many instances successful. And the fact is there are service dog owners, service dog users, individuals who accompany service dogs who have been denied accommodations at Hilton Hotels, at Hampton Inns, at Promise Hotels. They have been denied accommodations. They have been told to get out and leave the premises. They have been told that late at night, after long trips, without any other alternatives being presented to them. And the fact that Hilton does that is bad enough. The fact that they destroy any record of the fact that they do it is even worse. Absolutely. Well, why don't we go to um, my next guest, who actually went to Hilton uh, together, a Hilton Hotel together, uh, Jill Exposito and Elizabeth Henderson. And uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, is that Elizabeth or Jill? This is Jill. And Hi, Jill. Lieberman, I will have to tell you that I'm having great difficulty hearing what your other guests have been saying. Okay, that's okay. Um, but I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Okay. And, yes, indeed, your disability is a hearing disability, correct? That is correct. And you use a service dog in order to, What does your service dog do for you? Uh, yes, Uriah is my hearing dog, and he alerts me to sounds that I cannot hear, such as the telephone or the doorbell or the timer on the stove or a fire alarm. It's usually those very high-pitched, high-frequency sounds that I cannot hear. And so he alerts me to those sounds, and um, he's my partner in life. Uh-huh. And what um, is your story? What happened when you, what Hilton Hotel did you attempt to go to, and what happened when you did? Uh, well, Elizabeth and I, and also my daughter, my teenage daughter, Natalie, uh, we were hoping to have a wonderful holiday weekend here in my hometown. And Elizabeth had flown from her home to meet with us, and I had selected uh, Hilton Homewood Suites uh, because it had an outdoor pool and uh, it had a little mini kitchen. It had all the amenities that I knew that we would enjoy having to um, have a great holiday weekend. And um, we take a lot of stuff when we go on holiday together. We've we've been doing this for years, going to hotels and having a holiday and and uh, just having a good time and and being together. Uh-huh. And so um, we waited until Natalie got out of school and um, had loaded up the car with everything we were taking with us. You know, we take food and we take we took the pool toys and and we just we had a lot of stuff. And of course, with Uriah going, I have to take his bed, his food, his bowls, and all of his stuff also. And so we arrived at this hotel, a home with suites here in my hometown, 
which is in Overland Park, Kansas. And uh, we proceeded up to the front desk and uh, proceeded to check in. Um, uh, I had inquired about a room on the first floor uh, because I told them that that would be easier for me to take Uriah out to toilet him. And at that time, I had mentioned to the front desk clerk that it would be easy for me to take my assistant's dog outside to toilet. And he didn't seem to quite grasp that, what I was saying. He just kind of raised his eyebrows and, and you know, just kind of looked at me kind of quizzically. And, and then he told me, or he told us, uh, Elizabeth and I were at the front desk, and he told us that uh, he didn't have any room available on the first floor. So um, he put us up on the third floor, and we went to check out that room, and uh, it was smelly, and we just decided, uh uh-oh, you know, this room had either not been cleaned up or it just had a bad smell in there, and we weren't going to stay in that room. And I wondered if maybe we were given that room because he knew that, I had a dog with me. I had my assistant's dog with me, Uriah. Um, so uh, we went back to the front desk, and I once again asked if he had any rooms on the first floor or any accessible rooms, and he told me I was asking for too much. Mm-hmm. And so we told him that the third floor room was not going to work out for us. Please give us another room. And so he had another room up on the third floor, and so we went back to check it out, and, you know, we thought, okay, you know, we're going to stay in this room. This will work. And uh, so we went back downstairs, went out to the car, and started to proceed to unload the car. And we had to get one of those uh, rolling carts where you put your luggage on it and you put everything on it. I mean, we had so much stuff, we needed one of those. And, of course, Natalie was helping, and we got everything up to the room, you know, or, Uriah and everything, all up to the room, and we started unloading everything, started unpacking and putting food in the refrigerator and getting our clothes out, and, you know, Natalie probably started blowing up the pool toys, and we were getting ready to settle in for our holiday weekend. And the phone rang, and Natalie answered it. And I heard her say, but he is not a pet. He is my mother's service dog. And then she said, Mom, and she handed the phone to me. And I got on the phone, and I said, Hello. And, of course, I couldn't hear on the phone. Um, there wasn't an amplifier on the phone, and I cannot hear on the phone unless there is some amplification. And so I could not hear on the phone, and, but because I knew what Natalie had said, uh, you know, I probably said to them that Uriah was my hearing dog and that he was not a pet and that if they wanted to come to the room to talk to me about it, please do so. And I told them, I said, I cannot hear you on this phone. There's no amplification. Please come to the room to talk to me or bring me an amplifier for the phone. And so I, I said, I'm going to hang up now. And I hung the phone up. And immediately the phone rang again and I picked it up. And I couldn't hear anything. I couldn't even tell if it was a woman or a man on the phone. And I again said, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. 
if you want to come to talk to me, please come to the room. I'll be happy to talk to you or bring me an amplifier. I said, I'm going to have to hang up, and I hung up. And again, the phone rang right away again, and Elizabeth came out of the bathroom or wherever she had been, and she said, let me take this car. And then she picked up the phone. And Elizabeth, if you want to tell them what uh, what you were told. Yes. Now, uh, Elizabeth Henderson, um, Jill's friend, why don't you add? Hi, Dr. Carroll. Hi there. Thanks for having us on today. You're very welcome. <clears throat> well, when I answered the phone... It was the night manager, and she proceeded to tell me that, I'm sorry about my voice, she proceeded to tell me that they don't allow bets, and I made it quite clear to her that Uriah was not a bet, that he was Jill's service dog, and she said, I said, we've even got, you know, ID for him, and she said it didn't matter that that hotel did not allow bets. <clears throat> so I conveyed this to Jill, and then we proceeded downstairs so I could talk to this manager. And come to find out, the manager wasn't even on, on site. Huh. She had called from her house. So I had the desk clerk call the manager, and I had a conversation with the manager again. The manager told me that the dog would be offensive to the other guests Hmm. and that we had to leave the hotel. And? So we did. We left the hotel. And I guess that ruined your vacation. Oh, definitely. It definitely did. And I'm sure that that was the least of it because um, I guess... It left scars on you and especially on Jill uh, to be turned out that way. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, we're, we're older women. I have never been asked to leave a hotel before in my life. I mean, it was humiliating. I mean, there were, there were guests checking in. There were guests milling about in the area that I was having this conversation. Yes. The night manager with Elizabeth. Yeah, that music means we <laughs> means we need to take a break. But yes, I'm sure we all can understand how that felt. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. Stay tuned as we wrap up our uh, show in the last quarter. Uh, corporate America going to the service dogs. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. The Authority and Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Live in the Green Life with Kim Carlson, echopreneur, author, and green living maven, brings you an upbeat, fun exploration of the doables of living a more earth-friendly life. Kim cuts through the noise and urban myth of green do's and don'ts and shows that it is possible to live green easily, from hip organic weddings to exotic echo travel to healthy personal care products. Get the most current trends and tips from the experts for living a more planet-friendly and human lifestyle. Live in the Green Life with Kim Carlson, broadcast each Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Living the green life for a human, healthy, and planet-friendly lifestyle. 
What does it take to get your business online? How do you leverage the Internet to attract more clients, expand your network, and make more money? What are the tools you need to master? It's not enough to know the tools. You need to build a solid foundation and actually implement systems that automate your business as much as possible. On Blogging and Beyond with Denise Wakeman and Patsy Krakoff, the Blog Squad, learn about new tools that are easy and essential to use in order to grow your business online. Get strategies, tactics, and tips that work if you implement them. Denise and Patsy interview internet marketing experts, plus coach a client in real time through the steps designed to market a real product or service. Blogging and Beyond with Denise Wakeman and Patsy Krakoff broadcasts each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Blogging and Beyond, leverage the internet to attract, sell, and profit online. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. I feel terrible uh, cutting people off today. My guests who have had really uh, devastating experiences trying to bring their service dogs into Hilton Hotels. Um, I'm going to go back to Aaron and ask him for some examples, you know, of how that impacted upon him and his life. And then, um, Jill, I'm going to go to you, too. So if you could be thinking of um, what this experience did to you besides, you know, disrupt your vacation plans. So, Aaron, why don't you start? Thank you, Dr. Carroll. Uh, the the uh, real effect of the discrimination on me, I didn't realize for many years. After this happened in uh, 98, 99, I stopped using a service dog for many years. And I didn't, I didn't want to go and have an experience like this at one of their hotels or anywhere else. I was being told to get out. And I started using a, a service, I got another service dog and started using a service dog again about a year ago. And that's whenever I got uh, my current service dog, Duke the Great Dane. And once I started using Duke, I, I could see how much the dog helped me. Um, with with walking, for example, he has a harness on that I can I can hold on, and he gets me outside a lot more. Um, the years that I didn't have the service dog, I think I was much more isolated. Um, service dogs encourage uh, people using them to get outside. It's, they're very cheerful, and I mean my my dream and, and expectation whenever. Um, I developed a disability in my early 20s and became seriously disabled was to be able to use a dog to deal with the, the disability, the, the, um, the effects on me, because it, it affects my self-esteem and in, in many other ways. And I stopped using a dog because of the discrimination against me, and I, um, I mean, it's, it's tough. I, I, okay. Uh, but uh, now I, I, so I, I look at it as, you know, what the impact was on me. I didn't want to use a dog. I didn't use a dog for several years, and that's unfortunate. I'll have a service dog for the rest of my life. And I didn't get out much. I didn't go to places. Since I've got Duke, I, I love going to watch sporting events. And I went to the Staples Center with Duke, and I was treated very well. They were, they were terrific. 
And that's not what happens whenever I go to the Hilton hotels. And it's made me really sensitive to uh, discrimination against any person for any reason. Absolutely. Um, Jill? Is Jill is Jill not with us um, on the phone line? Was that was that her line? I guess um, Elizabeth, are you with us still? Yeah. Okay. Could you? Um, I guess Jill didn't hear me say we were going to go to her. Um, could you tell me, as her friend, what impact psychologically, emotionally, um, you saw that that had that incident had on her? I'm sorry. Say that again. Could you tell us? What impact the incident that you described going to the Hilton and being turned out um, had on her emotionally? Well, I'd like to say it was a very degrading and dehumanizing experience for me. Um, since then, I've, I've been uh, less trustful of people. My relationships with my loved ones have suffered. I'm Oh, this, okay. of even taking this is Jill. Out. Okay, I, yes, I go just ahead. can't fathom this ever happening to me again. I, I don't want it to. Um, um, it's just been a horrible nightmare to relive, relive it. Even being here today, I'm just feeling literally sick to my stomach. Just, yes. Just having to talk about it again and bring it all back up to the forefront. It, it's just very, very difficult for me. Well, I appreciate your sharing this, and I know that that's um, that really you probably could spend a, lo- a lot longer telling us all of the impact, I mean, a dehumanizing experience and all of that, and I appreciate your going through that again. And part of the reason why I asked you to do that, Aaron, you too, is because um, we want people to uh, to know about these things that have been occurring. Um, and why don't we go back to you, Kevin, so that you can tell people what to do if they have similar experiences, either with Hilton or in general, or what would you suggest? Certainly. More so than anything else, I would encourage people to do something, because if, if they don't, then Hilton wins. Then Hilton gets away with this. Then it's worthwhile for Hilton to do this and to do more of it. And it, it is not just the folks with the service dog. It affects It affects all of us. It affects their companions, it affects their friends, their family, it affects all of us. We all pay the price for that. So I strongly encourage people to do something. It dehumanizes all of us is what you're saying. It does. Yes. And and when we stay at a Hilton Hotel or a Hampton Inn, we help them with that policy. So I would encourage people to do something about it. If you know anything about it, I would be happy to speak with you about it. You can call me directly at 310-275-1620. You can send me an email. My email address is my name, Kevin Gary, K-E-V-I-N-G-E-R-R-Y, at earthlink.net. And I can assure you that anything that you do, anything that you say, anything that you write to me, will be held in the strictest confidence. I will contact you, and we will talk it through and see what we can do about it, because as you said, Doctor, this hurts all of us. Yes, it's really, um, you know, and it's hard also to admit publicly just how devastating one feels because it is reliving the experiences all over again. And, um, you know, it, it, it's interesting because there are other hotels that welcome dogs, even dogs that are pets, no less service dogs. So, um you know, it's also disappointing that Hilton, let me repeat this, that Hilton um, did not accept the invitation that I extended to join us on this show today and present their side of the story. 
So I guess we'll be hearing more about this um, in coming uh, as the first case, which should be Aaron Stites's case, um, uh, perhaps. <laughs> that comes to trial, I, I presume we'll, we'll all be hearing more of this. And, um, you know, I, I would appreciate it if all of you out there who are listening to this um, spread the word, not only about Hilton, but how important it is to stand up for being, if you are discriminated against um, at any establishment where you know that there are laws in this country that are supposed to be protecting you, whether it's uh, having to do with a service dog or um, your race or, or your sexual orientation or whatever it is, um, certainly there are protected classes, and it's, it's still kind of shocking that in 2007 um, we, we still have these problems so blatantly. So I'd like to thank all of you for joining me, Aaron Stites, Jill Exposito, Elizabeth Henderson, and Attorney Kevin Gary. Thank you. And let me um, give you Mr. Uh, Gary's uh, email address again. That was Kevin Gary. It's spelled K-E-V-I-N-G-E-R-R-Y at earthlink.net. And thank you all, and I wish you all the best in trying to get justice, even though... uh, There's no way that justice can take back the experience and the scars that it left on you, but I I wish you all the best. And thank you all for listening. This is Dr. Carol Lieberman. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch on voiceamerica.com. Thank you, Dr. Carol. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.